Murder and Moonshine, a true crime podcast with a southern twist. Hey guys, welcome back to Murder and Moonshine. This is Christy. And this is Misty. And today it's my episode. It is. Mm. And Misty always has great ones for us, so I can't wait to we hear it. We are going to be talking about vampires. <laughs> I'm not, I don't mean to lie. Missy, you love vampires. I do love vampires. Since the existence of vampires. This one kind of pisses me off, though. Like, I feel like they're giving vampires a bad name. Because I do love vampires, werewolves, all that. I love that shit. We we are the ones who were waiting in line at midnight. I'm still ashamed about this. For the showings of... All the Twilight movies. <laughs> I'm still ashamed about it. We were young. We, we were young. So it's okay. It's had, okay. Yeah, but I also ran with another girl through Walmart at midnight to purchase the DVD. Yes, you did that. I didn't do that. I, was, I wasn't that low. That was I her. wasn't that planning was on it, but this chick looked at me. She was like, come on, girl. <laughs> she grabbed my arm and I was like. Okay. <laughs> Look, if everybody starts running, I'm going to start running, too. That's, I'm still ashamed about that. etiquette. I still am ashamed about that. <laughs> <laughs> While we are talking about shame, can can I just can I just talk about Carly Russell for a minute? Listen, Carly. Oh, yeah. Bitch. Bitch. You know better. I don't know what the fuck you was doing, but I want you to know I rooted for you. Like, I was fucking worried about you. I stopped what I was doing. I spread the word. I wanted to help find sure. you, whatever it took. Yeah. And then I found out you stole that shit from your job. And you You lying. took them snacks from Target. <laughs> and we never saw your ass again until you walked home but had some money in your sock. How the fuck you get some money in your sock? Did they give you a party? She sat gift? somewhere and ate them damn snacks is what she did. Bitch, you held up the prayer circle. You okay? really did. You did. You did. Don't get in the way. We love you. We're glad you're safe. Don't you ever fucking do that again. That's fucking ridiculous and you do better. It was it was Because was there are people out there that are really getting kidnapped yes. and murdered. Look, you giving them you kidnap people a bad name when you coming up here. Starting your bullshit. Right. And not to mention you take away precious resources that could be used elsewhere. Yes. So, so Carly, I'm glad you're home. Yeah, I'm glad we're you're glad safe, you're safe, but fuck but you. But fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Carly. Oh, and speaking of fuck, I also recently got an Apple review that said they really, really wanted to like our podcast, but they couldn't because we use the F word too much. And so for that, I just want to say... We give zero fucks. No fucks given. Fuck you too. <laughs> and our middle school humor. <laughs> so, actually, we enjoyed it. We got a good laugh. We did. I mean, we Look thought on. about how many ways we could add fuck in a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently Just for you. But Missy, we fucking use fuck too much. <laughs> Who would have ever fucking thought? What the fuck? So, there on you that go. note, fuck you. Let's have a shot. Hell yeah. Cheers, bitches. Mm. Mm. Because that's what we do. And we didn't even introduce what we're drinking today. Go ahead and introduce it now. We are drinking Mm. Cherry Bounce Moonshine. It made me bounce. This is 60 proof. proof. Here it is in front of the camera. It did make me bounce. If you want to join in. um, Oh, you know what? I did get a message from a listener. And she said that she listens to us every day going to work. Mm Mm-hmm. And that um, she drinks coffee every time that we are taking shots. So. Do it, bitch. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, if you're not drinking alcohol and you got your own thing going, whether it's coffee, Pepsi, Coke, water, whatever your yes. thing is. If I'm not drinking alcohol or water, it's coffee as well. So, we cheers to coffee. you, bitch. Drink your coffee. Absolutely. So, now that we have had some cherry bounce... Let's bounce on into the store. All right. What you got for us? Now, we're going to start it off on the murders here. Okay. The vampire murders. The vampire murders. On November 25th, 1996, Jennifer Windorf came home around 1035 p.m. She was about 15 minutes late, so she quietly came into the house and kept her head down as she walked past the couch. She heard the TV on and saw her dad's feet on the couch, and he always fell asleep watching TV on the couch. So she thought, winning here, 
Let me slide in so I don't get in trouble. Unnoticed. Yeah. She snuck back to her bedroom and she was going to call her boyfriend. Okay. So she's like, I dodged a bullet for being late. Let me call my man, tell him I made it in. And when she got in her room, she was going to call her boyfriend and notice that the telephone cord had been ripped out of the wall. Mm. She thought that was odd, but her sister Heather had been on a rampage lately when she didn't get her way. So she just assumed that she had had another meltdown and destroyed it in a fit of anger. So Jennifer okay. goes into Heather's room and uses her phone to call her boyfriend to let him know that she had gotten home safely. She then decided to go get something to eat. And as she was heading to the kitchen, she noticed a blood trail. And in the kitchen, she found her mother lying on the floor in a pool of blood around her head. And in a panic, she ran to the living room to get her dad. Mm-hmm. And she found him bludgeoned to death on the couch. Oh. She immediately ran to the phone and called 911. Hysterically, she tells the operator that her parents have been killed to send an ambulance. Wow. The operator asked her how she knew they had been killed, and she said there's blood everywhere. The 911 operator asked her if she was in the house alone, and Jennifer told the operator that her sister was gone, and she was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Was her sister supposed to be gone? I don't think, you know, when you have two teenagers living in the house, it's kind of like, well, I don't know where they were going, you know. But, but I, I mean, was was she surprised? She didn't seem to be okay. from what I okay. read. Okay. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, the phone cord's right ripped now. out of her room, you know. I think it was when she seen her parents dead, and then she's like, holy shit, my sister's gone too. Okay. So that is the murder. The murder. But let's talk about... One of the shit stains involved in this murder. Yes, please. Let's. Let's take it on back to Roderick Justin Farrell. He was born March 28th, 1980. So, bitch, he's just a couple weeks younger than you. (laughs) He was born in Murray, Kentucky. And Murray is a very small town and very religious with a church for every 300 people. It's also a dry town, and Rod never knew his father. He was not in the picture at all. There's one report that says he never even seen Rod until he went to court for the murders of the Windorfs. Who never seen Rod? His dad. Oh, okay. His mother is Sandra Gibson, and she is a hot mess, Mm. and not in a good way. Okay. Sandra was a shitty mother. Surprise, surprise. She would hand Rod off to her parents as much as she could, and she'd go party. She was married and divorced multiple times, and she could never keep a job for more than a few weeks. Mm. Rod also claimed that he was molested by his grandfather's friends when he was just five years old. Friends, plural? Mm-hmm. His grandfather had multiple and pedophiles? This friends? whole, I mean... His mother, we're going to talk about this, but he says that he was molested by his grandfather's friends in a ritual ceremony. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. He never claimed that his grandfather actually touched him, though, or molested him. I just find it strange you... Because you said plural, and I'm thinking, how yeah, many that's what he said. friends does Grandpa have? That but, is what he said. But, but then I we're also talking to someone who is... A fucking liar. Got you. And a piece of shit. Got you. So we can take that into account as well. I have no doubt that his childhood was fucked up. If I was ritually raped. Right. By my grandpa's friends, that probably fucked me up for a lifetime. But he does say that his grandfather never molested him. Gotcha. Now, Sandra, this bitch. Crazy mama. Sandra's parents would try to tell her to get her shit together. Uh, She would threaten to have some of her druggy friends come and kill them. What? Yeah. She threatening to have her own damn parents killed? Yes. Yes. Uh, She was also into vampirism. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles bridges to asylums wandering spirits to demons 
over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Okay, but what exactly is vampirism? Vampirism? Vampirism. I, I mean, it could. We could say it's southern and say vampirism. <laughs> okay, but what that is, tastes right. What is vampirism? It's basically people that live their lives as vampires. Right. They just practice the lifestyle of a vampire. They live their life as vampires. Yes. But they. They have. But to. from what I researched. There are some that actually drink blood. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, are they? But going then there are some who people? are who are energy vampires. So they, instead of taking blood, they take energy. It, it's you know, it's a whole lifestyle okay. out there. Okay, it's a whole thing. They're doing their thing, but they're not hurting anybody. Okay, Rod Farrell's a different story though. Uh, so yeah, she threatened to have her parents killed if you know they didn't keep her kid and. And they had the party. audacity to tell her that she's a piece of shit and she should have a job. And get her life together yeah. and be a better parent. How dare they? She claimed that she was haunted and raped by a demon. And that she was raped by a rival cult leader during an orgy. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. How do you get raped during an orgy? You know, that is a great question. It's kind of like, how do you rape the willin? If you're an at an orgy and you're an active participant mm-hmm. i don't see how rape could apply because that is essentially exactly what you're there well to do, i mean to let's, have sex with multiple people at one let's time. talk about what sandra got arrested for okay and we'll see that you know she's out of her fucking mind okay. too. she was arrested for trying to have sex with a 14 year old boy during a ritual that was supposed to turn her and him into a vampire. What, they even reportedly drank each other's blood. What's this bitch smoking? Uh, so many things, I think. You know, the 14-year-old, of course, if he has... The mother found explicit letters that she had wrote this 14 year old because he's four he's fucking 14 his hormones are raging he has some woman that wants to fuck him okay she wants to drink and turn him into a vampire so what as long as i'm getting some pussy proceed and you know what it doesn't even say in here that he was willing or that he wanted it you know he could have been like ma this crazy ass old woman no keeps trying to bang me no he won't and drink my blood i don't know it didn't say During his younger life, Rod and his mother moved from Murray, Kentucky to Eustis, Florida a few times. They would come back and forth. I mean, there was no stability for Rod. Mm -hmm. Sandra was not much for schedules or really giving a shit about Rod having a stable environment. And finally, when Rod got to high school in Florida, he dropped out and they moved back to Kentucky. But not before making a few friends in Eustace that were also interested in vampirism. Okay. There must have been a large vampire following that I fucking... This dude's the same age as me and I never... I know. We never had... Never never tried to live my life as a vampire. At our high school. No. Never. We liked vampires. We didn't have any vampire clients. I mean, we wanted to read about it and watch them on TV, but right. we didn't try to live among them. Right. <laughs> right. I don't even know if we knew that that was a thing. I don't know. I don't know. But we come from a smaller, a lot smaller high school, so maybe there was just some weird shit happening at other high schools that didn't happen we at didn't ours because we were small. Rod claimed to always have been into dark stuff. His room was decorated with themes of Hellraiser and the occult. Rod also thought he was a 500-year-old vampire named Visago. Yeah. Visago. Visago. All right. Yeah. All right, Visago. Sandra had introduced Rod to a game called The Vampire Masquerade. So it's kind of like a Dungeons & Dragons kind of game, but But for for vampires. vampires. Yes. Okay. Needless to say, but the kids that are playing Dungeons and Dragons don't really think they're living a fucking lifestyle of Dungeons and Dragons. They know it's a game. They go and I think they call it LARPing when they go and they act it out. And and, they know it's a game. They're not. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Some of this is so teenage minded, though. There was hardly any real planning done with any of this. 
Okay. So, so needless to say, he got very wrapped up in the game, and it blurred the lines between reality and fantasy. But you could see with a bad childhood how he would use this as a coping mechanism. Right. He just clung to this. Right. At the mo- at the time being, the moment. You know, you can't control some of the situations that are happening. You can get wrapped up in this game and you feel a lot more confident when you think that you're a 500-year-old vampire named right. Vasaga. Right. You're living basically a fantasy life. Right. Right. While in Kentucky, Rod was a suspect along with some other teens in a horrific animal abuse case. Forty dogs from the local shelter had been beaten and mutilated, including two puppies. One was Mm. stomped to death, and the other had its legs ripped off. What? Four of the dogs were never found. Mm -hmm. Mm No, no, no. These horrible fucktards had marched around in a grassy area in some type of ritual. So they could see that there was a bloody, like, circular pattern out in this field. Where, where some of the dogs were, yes, dogs, yes. Right. There were about 30 members of this group that called themselves the Vampire Clan. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty original. 30 you know? people. That's a lot of fucking people. Well, to you be think on this about it. You've got train. this small town in Murray and not everybody. I think it, when I looked up the population, it was around 17,000 people. Mm-hmm. There is a church for every 300 people so there's a lot of churches right very religious well as we know not everybody fits into that perfect little christian box right but the alternative is fucking sacrificing puppies right now that's fucked up any way you look at it right that's crazy so 30 people involved in that's fucking crazy but you could see how these goth kids who were not into you know being in bible study every week and in church every time the doors were open would kind of have that rebellious you know well fuck it i'm gonna wear all black and be a vampire wearing all black it's totally different than ripping legs this off puppies. This is absolutely true. There's some fucked upness that That's happened for sure. fucking nuts. For sure. The Kentucky authorities were also investigating a report that Rod and some other teens were making gasoline bombs before he decided that he needed to head back to Florida. So the cops were checking out this whole animal abuse case. Rod's name had come up. They also had information about Rod specifically making bombs. The fuck is he going to do with some gasoline bombs? Who knows? He's out there ha- sacrificing fucking dogs to whatever, and he thinks he's a 500-year-old vampire. So oh. Oh. I'm like, motherfucker, where is your middle school picture? If I can look into your book <laughs> and find your little ass, you are not 500 years old. So <clears throat> he decides the heat's getting hot. The heat's getting hot. The heat's getting hot. It does get hot. It It, does does get hot. So he decided he was heading out. He was going back to Florida. It ain't no fucking cooler in Florida. It's fucking hot in Florida, too. Yeah, but the cops wasn't looking for him in Florida. True. True. So, a few days before Thanksgiving of 1996, Rod and a few friends from Kentucky decide to go to Eustis. The reason he wanted to go back to Eustis is because, of course, he thought the police were after him. Mm-hmm. And Rod brought with him Charity Kesey, Scott Anderson, and Dana Cooper. And these are all vampire. Yes, they're part of the vampire clan. People. Okay. Charity is actually Rod's girlfriend. Okay. And she, this whole trip, everybody says she's pregnant. Rod tells the police she's pregnant. She's told Rod she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. But we don't ever know what happened. Was she ever really pregnant? Did she have a miscarriage? Did she have an abortion? Did she have a child? There was no. No, no she didn't she have a child. She had no child with okay. Rod. So something, she was either lying about it or something happened. Gotcha. Okay. Well, at least they didn't reproduce. No. Now, Rod was still in contact with Heather Windorf and Janine LeClaire in Eustis, Florida. Okay. They were part of the vampire girls, you know, and they were they were described as goth chicks, especially Heather. And Heather even walked around with a Barbie doll that had a noose around her neck on her book bag. The fuck? What? 
And she yeah. had like the fishnets, the combat boots, you know, typical goth I don't care stuff. if you want to wear fishnets and combat boots. Those are cool. But why the fuck you got to have a hanging by their neck Barbie? That's just. That's morbid. That's. That's just where she was at. That's psychological. That's where she was at. So their plan was actually to come from Kentucky to Eustis and get Janine and Heather and then they were all going to go live in New Orleans because they wanted to go to Mardi Gras. But Mardi Gras was still like three months away. Yeah, Mardi Gras. Like what, so what January? they had planned to do for three, months? for three months. They had no plan. They just wanted to get there for Mardi Gras. Well, if you got three just, fucking months, I three think you months got plenty early. of time. Because Rod told them there's a thriving vampire community in New Orleans. So they thought they would fit in better down there. Rod was a heavy drug user during this time and was reportedly on acid the entire drive from Kentucky to Eustis. And they let him drive? Yeah. They on acid? Mm-hmm. He might have been seeing a purple, purple donkeys flying like, over like, the interstate. Just you're not seeing the highway. There ain't no telling what you're seeing if you're there on acid. There is no telling. Yeah. Why couldn't somebody else drive? Maybe somebody that wasn't dropping acid. I don't know, but they safely oh made it. Oh, my God. They safely made it's it. It's a damn miracle. Now, I've read where Rod and Heather used to date, and then I've seen that they were just friends, and I've seen more reports that they were just friends, and even Rod said they never dated, so, but that she looked at him as a father figure because he was supposedly a 500-year-old vampire. But either way, Rod was dating Charity, Kesey, and Heather actually had a boyfriend at the time of the murders. Heather Windorf was a typical goth teen by all accounts. She dressed super goth, like I had said. She had the Barbie tied with the noose around her neck on her book bag. She had multicolored hair, wore the fishnets and the combat boots. Most of them had vampire names. So Rod's, of course, was Visago. Mm-hmm. These are names they assign themselves. They assign themselves, right. yes. And you can tell it's just some teenage shit, right? Right. Whatever they thought was cool. Charity picked her name as Shay. Okay. And Heather was Zoe. Scott Anderson was Nosferatu. (laughs) Bitch. Nosferatu? That is the name of like a vampire from like the 30s and 40s. Okay. Like they did like the Dracula movies and stuff. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it was called Dracula, but Nosferatu was the main vampire in that so he, so, thought, he thought a lot of himself to yeah himself. i mean so yeah. he was really really reaching for that one heather by all accounts had two wonderful parents and had a very normal home life she has an older sister named jennifer like we talked about at the beginning and jennifer is the one that found her parents mm-hmm. as heather got into her teens she started rebelling like a lot of teens do that's when she started looking more goth that's when she really, you know, ramped up her golf game. Mm-hmm. She reportedly was hanging around Rod Farrell at this time that all this goth stuff started happening. The worst of the worst the, yes. that she could pick to hang out and with. And it's the typical, I can tell you're not hanging with the right people. Because it's not that she was just dressing in goth. If you want to dress goth, that's fine. Right. It's the fact that you're showing your ass when you don't get your way mm-hmm. and acting out. Acting out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jennifer said that Heather had gotten into many screaming matches with her parents when they would not let her do something that she wanted to do. And when Rod moved back to Kentucky, he was calling Heather collect and her parents got really mad about that because she was running the phone bill up. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, they didn't have cell phones. Right. So, and he didn't have no money to be making long distance phone right. calls. So he's just charging them collect yes. calls. Yes. So her parents are like, cut that, that shit off. Yeah. Right. They forbid her from talking to Rob anymore, or Rod anymore, and contributed her behavior as her hanging around with the bad crowd. Mm -hmm. So, one night, Jennifer said that Heather was lying with her in her room, and she asked her, have you ever plotted mom and dad's death? Son of a bitch. Like, you just be laying there, you're like... Look, you just laying there watching TV, chilling, maybe having a little popcorn, looking at some lip gloss online. Well, they didn't look online then, but still, still just... Watching some TV, yeah. They might be looking at Teen Magazine. Hey, have you ever plotted mom and dad's death? And she was like, uh, no. And then that was it. (laughs) 
But Heather Windorf claims to this day that she never wanted her parents killed or knew the murders were going to happen. Mm, I don't think so. It's it's a very muddy situation. I, I feel like I need a I just I need a little cherry sweetness after that. You need to go and get I, a I, shot. I, yes. Well, who yes. am I to deny that? If you have coffee, if you have water, or if you have liquor or moonshine, fill your shit up now, cause it's about to go down. Cheers, bitches. Cheers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Cool. Can I just say that these cherries in this bottle... I'll eat one of them cherries. ...look fucking disgusting. I'll eat one of them cherries. Mm. At the end of this show... I will eat one of them damn cherries at the end of this show. Def- and I'm going to record it. That other moonshine that had the strawberries, it looked like pickled testicles. That, these these no. don't look far from it. But them cherries, I might dive into that. Heather's best friend was Janine LeClaire. She was also friends with Rod and was part of the vampire clan. Rod had even asked her to be his mate for eternity. And when Rod comes to Florida, Janine and Heather were supposed to come with him to New Orleans. So I really think, just from what I read, Mm -hmm. that Rod really had a thing for Janine. But he was going to bring Heather along for the ride. Well, Heather and him were friends. Yeah. But, you know, he had his girlfriend, Charity, who was supposedly pregnant. But I really think that if he'd had his opportunity with Janine, Charity probably wouldn't be in the picture. Yeah. Gotcha. Not like that anyway. Gotcha. When Rod, Scott, and Charity rolled into Florida, he went to another classmate's house named Shannon Yo. Shannon was very shocked to see Rod because he just showed up at her house. And he asked her to call Janine for him because, like Heather's parents did, Janine's parents forbid her to see Rod as well. So he wanted Shannon to call, get her on the phone so that so he, could he could then talk, talk to, her. to her. Yeah. He told Janine that he was here to get her and Heather. Janine became very hesitant about this because now it's like, oh, wow, this is real. Like now it's, it's one real. thing to talk about it. But now it's really happening. Yeah. Yeah. And Janine had even started going to church. She had joined a youth group and was making friends in that youth group. And it was starting to bother her that Rod and Heather were not supportive of that. But she still snuck out to meet Rod and his friends, Scott and Charity and Dana, on a dirt road near her house. Janine said that they talked for about 45 minutes. Charity and Dana stayed in the car. Rod was telling her how they could run away to France. He told Janine that Charity liked him, and they had kissed and stuff, like he was trying to make her jealous. Okay. He left out the pregnant part, (laughs) you know? (laughs) She was pregnant, everybody else, but when he was talking to Janine on that dirt road. They just kissed a little bit. and she liked him and stuff. Well, after about 45 minutes, Scott walked up and told Rod that Charity was getting angry about something and asked if they were going to get to go to Daytona Beach. So Charity's like, he is talking way too long to this bitch to on this bitch, dirt road. Yes. He needs to move it he on. He needs to fucking come on. Yeah, he needs we, to come on. We got on. to head on out of here. Apparently, Charity was ready to go and was tired of him talking to Janine. Janine also said that Rod and Scott both stunk really bad, Mm. and it seemed like they hadn't showered or brushed their teeth in a while. Mm. She thought they were nasty. That's how she described it. Then he mentioned that they were going to have to kill her parents and take everything out of the house. And Janine told him, you are not going to kill my parents and take anything out of their house. And Rod was like, well, okay then. We'll just tie them up and take their stuff. And Janine was still said, well, you ain't going to do that either. Right. Then he told her that she had a week to decide if she was coming with the clan to New Orleans or not. Janine wanted to talk to her best friend, Heather. So the next day, Heather had told her that she had crossed over. So she had met with Rod and this little ragtag group of friends he had brought from Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And by crossover, that meant they would cut each other's arms and then lick or suck the blood from mm. the cut. Mm. I guess they were worried about like hepatitis C AIDS, or anything or any shit. of that shit. Yeah. yeah. So Heather told her the next day she was like, "Yeah, I crossed over." 
So it's done. It's done. We done suck blood. It's it's over. Yes. I'm so part. she's she's a vampire. Now. I'm part of it. She was made full vampire, right? And she was hesitant about going to New Orleans, Janine said. And Heather told her it may be easier for her to leave her parents because they had been having problems lately and she had been getting into arguments with them than it would be for Janine to leave her, her parents. Because they yeah. had been getting along. Right. While they were having this conversation on the phone, Rod beeped in on the other line. So Heather switched over to answer. And when she came back to Janine, she sounded panicked and told Janine that they were going to have to leave tonight. Okay. Heather said he didn't explain why the urgency, except that Rod thought that the Kentucky authorities had tracked him down and he wanted to leave in 15 minutes. Oh, so he was paranoid. Yes. He just had in his mind... That, well, see, they had gotten a flat tire in Scott's car that mm -hmm. they had drove from Kentucky. And a police officer stopped to ask if they needed uh, Yeah, if assistance. they were good. And so this freaked him out because he was paranoid and he thought that the Kentucky authorities were trying to track him down. Gotcha. So he was like, we got to leave tonight. So he's trying to pressure Janine and Heather into leaving with him tonight. And and that that works for his advantage too to get those girls away from their parents right. and anybody else that can tell. He them didn't have a different. relationship with his really, so yeah. he. I don't think there was much of an understanding of like you know what you're asking me to do, right? So, Janine told Heather to stall because she was actually celebrating her birthday and was about to eat cake and ice cream with her parents. So Heather is calling her Janine during her birthday party with like, her parents. Like, come on, bitch, we gotta go. Like, we gotta leave in fifteen minutes. You know, Heather did call her boyfriend and ask him to go with her, and he refused because Heather had a boyfriend at this time. So mm -hmm. Rod told her this, and she's like, "Oh my god, let me see if my boyfriend will come with me." And he, and he was like, um, "Hell no." <laughs> she told him that Rod may have to kill her parents. But the boyfriend really didn't believe that because Rod was the type that just talked a lot of shit anyway. I mean, he was just a liar anyway. Mm -hmm. So they didn't really take any of this seriously that he said. He later told police that Rod had more influence over her than most anyone else, meaning Heather. Mm -hmm. Heather's boyfriend said that. On November 25th, 1996, Rod, Charity, Scott, and Dana pulled up in front of Heather's house and picked her up. Heather, Charity, and Dana leave to take Heather to see her boyfriend in person because she wanted to see him in person before they before headed she out. Left. Yeah. Was she trying to talk, still talk him into going or she just wanted to see him and tell him goodbye? She wanted to see him and tell him goodbye because gotcha. she knew he wasn't going to come. Gotcha. They leave Rod and Scott at Heather's parents' house okay. or at least on the street there. Okay. Rod and Scott walk up Heather's driveway because they were going to steal weapons, food, and cash. That is all they thought was going to happen, or at least the girls did. So the girls knew they were going to steal mm -hmm. weapons, food, yeah. and cash. Yeah. Okay. Now, there's a lot of, I mean, of course, Heather's saying no. She didn't leave the garage door open and uh, for them to come in or unlocked so they could come in. But the doors were unlocked to the house. So, Somebody so he, he come in through the garage, yeah. He had a plan. Heather had left the garage open so they could easily get into the house. And on his way in, Rob grabbed a crowbar. And so he goes in with Scott Anderson. Ruth Windorf was in the shower. And Richard was laying on the couch asleep. Rod said that he took the liberty of rummaging through the house and even getting himself something to drink because he was thirsty. He told police that Scott was following right behind him like a lost puppy. But before her mother got out of the shower, Rod went over to Heather's father asleep on the couch. And in Rod's words, he said, I smacked the fuck out of him until he finally quit breathing. Damn. So but he had, they had no real reason to kill. They could have got what they wanted. And He's left. asleep. She's in the yes. shower. They could have got what they wanted and fucking left. Yes. Yes. He wanted to kill him. He wanted to kill somebody. He wanted to murder. I mean, he had already said that he was going to have to kill Janine's parents, and Janine was like, no, yeah. you're not going to kill he my parents. He wanted to do this. He had mentioned this to Heather several times. Heather says she told him not to kill her parents. Then why the fuck you leave the door open, Heather? Because they were going to be running away. Mm -hmm. 
Rod also told the police that it took Richard like 20 minutes to die and that he started to wonder (gasps) if Richard was an immortal or something. After Rod was sure that he was dead, he rolled his body around so that he could check his pockets and rob him. He took his Discover card. He said that after he had flipped him back over into the position he was in while Rod was beating him in the head with a crowbar, he heard Heather's mother, Ruth, coming out of the shower. Mm -hmm. Ruth caught Rod and Scott in her kitchen. She was startled, obviously, and had a hot cup of coffee in her hand. She asked them, what do you want? And Rod told the police that he was fixing to say, and listen to this dumbass response he had that he thought was so cool. He said he was fixing to say, yeah, I want to have coffee with you, you son of a bitching smart ass. Those were his, those were his, that was his quote. Exactly. (laughs) Like, that's not even a good comeback. Uh, It's not. But you know what? He didn't have time to say that stupid ass line because Ruth lunged at Rod, Mm -hmm. threw her hot coffee on him, burning him, and he started to beat her with the sharp end of the crowbar. Mm. Uh, She was also scratching his face in the process. Mm -hmm. He said that this is why, because he was originally going to let her live, he said, or at least this is the way he told the police, but when she threw that coffee on him, it just pissed him off, and so he started using the sharp end of the crowbar and stabbing her through the skull. Oh, my God. Yeah. As she fell onto the floor, he continued to beat her until he saw her brains falling out on the floor. Okay. He he had no intention of letting her live. I don't believe that either. I don't yeah. Bel- I believe that he wanted to murder and he definitely wanted to that, murder. That came across, he would take it. He had been throwing this out to them. I mean, he was going to kill Janine's parents, yeah. Heather's parents. He had mentioned this to Heather it, multiple right. times. If he didn't want to kill this woman, he did not have to beat her until her brains right. fell out. Right. He enjoyed doing that. And you shit. have the audacity to be pissed off at her when you broke into her fucking house and startled her. Yeah. All you got was coffee. I think Ruth is a bad bitch. Yes. She threw that coffee on. At least she scratched his face and did something. She fought him. Yes. He then continued to rummage through their house after he knew they were both dead. And he found the car keys to a Ford Explorer. Rob thought about waiting on Heather's sister Jennifer to come home and kill her too. But he told the police he thought, nah, I'll just let her find her parents and have a mental breakdown and then call the police. And he said... Which I was right. That's what she did. What do you expect her to do? She comes home and finds her parents brutally murdered. Yeah, he wanted her. Yeah, he, yeah. he wanted to scar he her. He was so that. nonchalant and cocky about this whole fucking thing when he was talking to the police. It brought him pleasure to think about her going through that. Yeah, he was like, and I was right. She did. Oh, my Also, on the bodies, there was a V-shape burned into the bodies that appeared to be burned by cigarettes, like a cigarette burn, in the shape of a V. For his name. And then he put little dots on the outside of it. Now, this was never proven, but this is just some theories on why that was. That was his... And his name started. Yes. Well, a cultist in Kentucky claimed that the letter V stood for Visago and the dots outside the V matched the number of followers in his clan. Oh, my gosh. But the marks proved to be controversial in this case. Like there was never anything that definitively proved. And anything that I read and looked at, Rod never said one way or another what that was. But for somebody to have cigarette burns in the shape of a V. That is what the coroner said. It looked like it was by cigarette burns. That's a lot of burns. So you got to burn, 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 burn. That's horrible. Yeah. But they were dead after they did it. So at least... Then why would he take the time to do that? Because he's a sick bastard. Yeah, Yeah. he's sick. Yeah, yeah. Rod also told the cops that Scott just froze because he had never seen someone get killed before. So he was basically just an accessory. After he had killed Ruth and Richard, he and Scott went through the house and looked to see if there was anything else they could find to steal. They took a pearl necklace from Ruth Mm -hmm. and a hunting knife that they found from Richard. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the keys to the Ford Explorer. After they met up with the girls and headed out in the Windorf's Explorer, all of the kids in the car 
said that when Heather found out that he had killed her parents, that she was freaking the fuck out for about a hundred miles or so. Well, I guess so. And at first they said that because they pulled up in Scott's car. And, you know, that his wasn't going to be reliable enough to get to New Orleans, Mm -hmm. but they were going to take it as far as they could. And they also had the Ford Explorer. So she was in Scott's car with the girls. And when she seen the Ford Explorer, Mm -hmm. the girls, but Dana and Charity both said that Heather ducked down in the seats thinking it was her parents and that they were out looking for her. Gotcha. But really, it was Rod. Rod. Now, Rod even changed his shirt because he did not want chair. I mean, um, Heather to see to know the blood on the shirt. Right. Oh, they told her. Charity told her she because she knew this was going to happen beforehand. Um, that he had killed your parents, and they said Heather just started freaking out for about a hundred miles, like mm. even trying to get out of the car, like she was just. Yes. Tripping. Well, thank God she had a conscience and was freaking out about it. But then she kind of. I guess calm down. I don't know if she was in shock or what the deal was. Because you think about it, it's a teenage thing. She's pissed at her parents because she can't just go do whatever the hell she wants to do. And in her mind, she's thinking how great it would be with her parents gone. But when it actually happens, she's like, That's horrible. Hold the fuck up. Right. Yeah. So they made it to New Orleans. Okay. Listen what dipshits they are. So this trip to New Orleans was not all that the vampire clan thought it would be. They actually made it to New Orleans and Rod told the police that they stopped in a bad neighborhood in New Orleans and started walking around. Charity's country ass has never been to a big city before in her life. She probably, you know, has never been out of Murray, Kentucky. Okay, but New Orleans, I mean, granted, it's a big city, but it's not like... City, when you think of city, it like, was to them like New York or Boston right. or a city. But coming city. from Little Kentucky, uh, Murray, Kentucky, this was a great big city. Uh, to yeah, her? this was, okay. and she's never been to a big city. Right. So they're walking around this bad neighborhood. Like, why would you just go to a shitty neighborhood and walk around? Why would that be? That the don't first make any place fucking sense. Go, right. Yeah. Charity starts freaking out because she had never seen. Black people with AK-47s just hung, hanging out in their backyard. So they're walking around this bad neighborhood. Apparently, there's black people in the backyards with these big-ass guns just hanging out and chilling. So they decide they leave. They didn't even make it. Like, they I, went to New Orleans. They're like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> I think we're going to leave. So instead of going to just a different neighborhood... Or trying a different part of the city. Right. They just decided we gonna leave. Okay, was she offended by black people? It didn't say guns? that she was offended by black people, but that she was offended like she was Here. concerned because they had AK forty sevens just hanging out. But, and you've got these goth white kids just walking, walking around, around like fucktards. Like, why are you here? What are you doing? With Barbies and nooses and shit. They're going to definitely get some looks. But they can go to another part of the city. But no, that's not what their little teenage brains told them to do. They just left New Orleans altogether. They left the city altogether. Okay. The group headed to Baton Rouge where they got, uh, they had no money or food when they got there. So they made it to Baton Rouge. They really couldn't go any further. And so Charity decides that she is going to call her grandmother in South Dakota. Charity was looking for her mother, but she couldn't find her. That's why she called her grandmother. And her grandmother said that Charity sounded high, drunk, or tired. She didn't know. Probably all of the above. All of the above, yes. Um, she did tell her grandmother that she was with Rod and some others. And so the grandmother said, okay, let me see if I can find your mom. Call me back. But instead, Charity's grandmother called the police. Okay. And while she was on the phone with the police, she's like, I don't know where they're at. But then it hits her. She's like, oh my gosh, I do have the number. It's on my caller ID box. Mm -hmm. So she gives the police the phone number. And then they can trace that. And they trace that to a payphone in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, near two different motels. The first motel that the police walk into, they find Dana Cooper and Charity Kesey, you know, just in the lobby there. And Mm -hmm. Dana had her arm around Charity like she was comforting her. Okay. The police find Scott and Rod and Heather 
shortly thereafter at the hotel, and they take them all into custody. Okay. All five kids were held at the Baton Rouge um, jail for a week before they were extradited to Florida. And once the police got in front of Rod, he sang like a canary. Once he started being questioned, he just talked and talked and talked. Because he wanted acknowledgement for yeah, what he Yeah, he was done. very matter-of-fact about yeah, everything because he said. He, he relished in what he had done. Yeah. He was excited about yeah. it. He liked it. He told them, he said, I'll tell you everything you want to know. I just want to see my girlfriend, Charity. And they do let him see Charity. And, of course, this whole thing was recorded. They're like, yeah, we'll let you see Charity. You're going to do it in this room, though. So we can listen and watch. Yes. And so when Charity comes in a room, they embrace. They shared a passionate kiss. Rod told her he loved her and that she didn't need to worry about him. He told her that calling her mom is how they got called. Oh, so he just blamed her. He's like, yeah. Look, bitch, if you wouldn't have called your mama, we yeah. wouldn't be called. He said, right don't now. worry about me, but calling your mom is what got us called. <laughs> Charity was crying and telling him she loved him. And Rod also said that he would probably be tried as an adult. And that means the death penalty. So he just throwing all the guilt. And then he's he's like lovingly caressing her face and, and pushing her hair behind her ear and stuff and telling her he loves her. But but now it wasn't long ago that she wasn't even his girlfriend when he was trying to mack on this other bitch. Oh, that was just a Janine. He was that was Charity is his girlfriend to everybody else. But then Janine, he was, was just it, right. kissing and she liked him. Mm hmm. Crying, Charity told him that they would find a way out of this because they loved each other. And he told her not to worry. He told the police that he kidnapped her and the others so she had nothing to worry about. Mm. He also said that the police keep asking him stupid questions like if he had remorse for killing them, meaning the Windorfs. And that's a stupid question. Yeah, that was a stupid question. That's a stupid question. Because he has no fucking remorse. We yeah. know that already. He expressed concern for her health because she was supposedly pregnant. Mm-hmm. But she either, like I said, had a miscarriage abortion or was never pregnant in the first place. Right. Anyway, he told her um, to just worry about taking care of the fucking kid. Those were his words. Just take care of the fucking kid. He told her he was sure... That he was probably going to get the death penalty, but he wasn't actually sure if the death penalty would work on him because, you know, he's a 500-year-old vampire. (laughs) He's immortal, But that if he did die, that he wanted her to come and visit his grave once a year. Okay. Then the guard came in, took Kesey away, and Rod just sobbed. Finished his coke and then crushed the can against his chest. And by the time the guard came back in, his eyes were dry again. So I think he was just more sad that, you know, Charity was gone. Right. The police spoke with Charity and she told him or she told the police that she loved Rod and that she did not want him taken away from her. She told them that Rod had mentioned killing Heather's parents a few times, but that he always talked about killing people. So she didn't believe that he would really do anything. Because mm-hmm. uh, 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 Rod is this fucktard walking around. You know, he's a 500 year old vampire in his own mind. And he has talked about killing multiple people. Look, he talked about killing a lot of folks. Exactly. So they're just thing. like, yeah, that's exactly what they're thinking. Until he crazy. did. Who the fuck walks around talking about killing people all the time? That's crazy. This dude. And then he did. She also said that Heather, when she saw Rod driving her parents' explorer, she started freaking out and asking if Rod had stolen it. Once she found out that it wasn't her parents, you know, she ducked down in the back Mm -hmm. seat. Mm -hmm. Then she was like, oh, my gosh, did he steal it? He stole it? Did he steal my parents' car? And that's when Charity's like, no, he killed your parents. Mm. Charity also said that she was the one that told her parent, uh, Heather, that her parents were dead and that Heather had started freaking out. She tried to get out of the car and they locked the doors and Dana helped calm her down. The police interviewed Dana and she told them how she got involved with this group of 15 and 16 year olds when she was actually 19. Dana explained that she was very lonely and had no friends and that no one except her parents ever came to visit her. But when she met Rod through charity and she crossed over and mm-hmm. became a vampire. Drank that blood. Mm-hmm. 
that she had people calling her, checking in on her, and coming by to visit. And that's why she decided to leave Kentucky with Charity to go to Florida. She didn't want to lose her friends. So it sounds like Dana was just this. This is the first really time sad, depressed, lonely girl. This and anybody giving her attention, she's right. going to latch on to. The first time she's been accepted. Yes, everybody wants to be accepted. So she's willing to go you the distance. Fi- okay, but Dana didn't kill anybody. Either. She did not. So, but she did know that this could happen. Well, so. Charity, Heather, and Dana had cuts on them, and they said it was from feedings, although Charity and Heather were both cutters when they got upset. From Rod feedings. was too. Yeah, they would cut each other and lick or suck each other's blood. But then Heather and Charity and Rod also, if when they got really mad or upset, they would cut themselves just to relieve the pain. Right. So right. they were also cutters. So mm. I, I think they enjoyed this. Some people really do enjoy the pain. Yeah, exactly. Right. She told the same story as Charity and Rod, and she also confirmed that Heather did not know that he was going to kill her parents, and that when she found out, she was freaking out in the car for about 100 miles or so. All of them are telling this same story. And they have no reason to lie about it. It's not going to help them out. She said that after about a day and a half, Heather started to laugh and joke around again. But if her parents were ever mentioned, she would just kind of zone out. The police were eager to talk to Heather. So after talking with the others, they finally sat down with Heather. They first asked Heather if Baton Rouge police had explained her Fifth Amendment rights. She said no because she was a minor. So Florida detectives made sure that they explained those to her and told her that she could refuse to talk to them and that she could wait on a lawyer. But she said she'd speak mm-hmm. to them unless that she said, unless there's a lawyer here now. And they were like, no, we'll have to call one. She was right. like, oh, no, I'll talk to you. <laughs> okay. Again, teenager. Again. Right. Yeah, she's a teenager. Right. She's 15. Right. When she was told that the lawyer wasn't at the police department and um, she just basically said, well, hell, okay. They drilled her with questions. They asked her if she wanted her parents dead and she repeatedly said no. She swore she told Rod not to kill her parents when he asked, like Janine. She, like the others, said that he always talked about killing people and that she had told him multiple times she did not want her parents dead. When they asked Heather why she stayed with the group after she found out he had killed her parents, she said she didn't have anywhere to go. She thought that, and the detective named off, like, you have all these different family members Uh that would have, you know, gladly taken you in. And Heather said, well, I figured that they didn't love me anymore, so I had nowhere to go. So she was ashamed of what she did and was scared to face her other family is what that was. Right, and she's 15. Right. How horrible this is. Right. They asked her if she cared about her parents at all and why she could get over it so quickly and even uh, joke around and laugh with Rod. Because while they were in the holding cell in jail in Baton Rouge, they have camera footage of them making like funny faces at each other. And Heather just said it was to bring a little levity to the ground. I don't really know. Bring levity to the ground. Yeah, those were her I, words. Bring I think levity it's to more, the ground. She's just trying to get past it. Right. And she said that when the detective asked what she meant by that, he said she said, I would have just gone crazy in there. Exactly. Yeah. She, she's just trying to And she's any, with them, you know. I'm yeah. sure she feels a little responsible for this or she should anyway. And she's just trying to make the best of yeah, it's a teenager she's 15 exactly she's 15 exactly she doesn't know how to cope with this she doesn't right. have coping skills basically she told him that she did not know he was going to do this meaning rod mm-hmm. and that she didn't want anything to do with rod now and the rest of her story matched charity dana and rods mm-hmm. so they talked to scott aka nosferatu mm. Oh, God. He's a dumbass, too. He spilled his guts and told them that Heather did not know her parents were going to get killed and that the rest of them did know. When the police asked him what he was supposed to do during the murders, he said that Rod was going to kill the father and that he was supposed to kill the mother. Mm -hmm. But when he saw Rod hitting Richard the first time with the crowbar, he just froze and couldn't do it, which is what Rod said, too. Right. When the cops asked if the girls wanted them to kill Heather's parents, 
He said no, but then they knew they couldn't stop us, meaning the girls, Charity and Dana, knew they couldn't stop Rod from doing what he Scott was going doing. to fucking do. Exactly. Right. Scott said that only Dana and Charity knew it was going to happen, and he asked if he enjoyed seeing those people murdered, and Scott said he was scared. They asked if Rod enjoyed it, and Scott said, yeah, I guess so. The police asked if Rod talked during the murders, and Scott said that he just made a sound of anger like a bear growling or a dog. Mm. The police had already spoken to Rod before everyone else, but after talking with the others, they went back in and talked to Rod again. Okay. He claimed that he had only mentioned the killing Heather's parents once and that he didn't even know their first names. He just knew them as Mr. and Mrs. Windorf. So he admitted that he had mentioned this to Heather, and he didn't even know her parents' He's names. Like, I don't give a fuck what their names no. are. Yeah. He said that he hoped he was tried as an adult so he could get the electric chair. He said that he was fucked now, and by the time he would get out of prison, that Charity would have found someone else and his child would be born, so he might as well die. When asked if he took pleasure in killing the Windorfs, he said there was a rush. Exactly, because he wanted to fucking do it. And he said, killing someone makes you a god for a split second. But I'm not really a god or I wouldn't be here. He also described Scott as being really happy like a kid in an amusement park for the first time when this was happening. They found out, they find out in the course of the interrogations that Rod, Scott, Dana, and Charity broke into a house in Louisiana... And stole food and a shotgun, a bow and arrow, and money. Now, Heather apparently was with them at the time, but she did not do the breaking and entering. Scott took the police to the spot in Mississippi where they threw the crowbar, gun, and bow and arrow in. And the police were were able to recover the shotgun, the bow and arrow, but they never did recover the crowbar. Mm. Rod, Scott, Heather, and Charity were taken into juvenile detention center, and Dana was actually sent to jail because she was 19. Right. Meanwhile, the funeral for the Windorfs was taking place at this point. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. And Reverend Peter Nordstrom told the crowd that it would be wrong not to think of Heather right now with all the speculation and rumors that there was one thing that was for sure and that God loves her and nothing can change that. So he told this to the congregation because everybody's like, we know Heather had something to do with that. She's horrible. Right. How could she let this happen? Right. Because it is her group. It is her group. Absolutely. Absolutely. On Monday, December 16th, a grand jury convened. No one could be charged with first degree murder without the grand jury say so. At the time, Florida law allowed 16 year olds to be put to death. They recalled a string of witnesses, or they called a string of witnesses, and after everything was said and done, they indicted everyone except Heather. Gotcha. Because she doesn't, she didn't. Ta- and know, they all she, said that. Right, right. right. So. She, she would have tried. I feel like they all knew it and planned it and didn't tell her on purpose because she would have tried to intervene. He had mentioned it, and that's the thing. Yeah. He had mentioned it, and yes, I think she left the doors open purposely. I don't think Rob. Yes, and she's saying that she didn't even do that, but I feel like she did. She was running away. She knew that they were going to need stuff. Oh, she did it. Yeah, she did it. And that's just my own personal opinion. I agree. Rod went on and ran his mouth, and at this point now, he spilled his guts to the police. But after everything, was char- they charged him with everything, with the grand jury coming in and charging all four of them. He starts to run his mouth, and he changed his story multiple times, and he claimed to have DID, which is multiple personality disorder. Yeah. How convenient. I know. Well, you know, he very well could have if he really thought that he was a, you know, 500-year-old fucking vampire. Yeah, I don't think he had DID at all. I think he had some other shit going on, but I don't think it was multiple personalities. Right. Uh, He said that Heather asked him to kill her parents. Then he said that he wasn't even there and that Scott did it. He really played up his mental health and his abusive childhood, but in the end, it didn't matter. 
because on February 12, 1998, the 17-year-old Farrell pleaded guilty to the murders, claiming that the others traveling with him were innocent, except Scott Anderson, who was simply an accessory. Farrell pleaded guilty to two counts of felony murder. Farrell's attorney tried to argue that he was insane. He's also been diagnosed with mental disorders, including schizotypal personality disorder and Asperger's syndrome. Damn. The University of Florida further attests that Rod could sometimes witness spiritual things like angels and demons. Judge Jerry T. Lockett sentenced Farrell to death. Mm. Charity Kesey was convicted of two counts of third-degree murder, robbery with a gun or deadly weapon, and burglary armed with a weapon or explosives. She was sentenced to ten and a half years in state prison. Dana Cooper was convicted of the same charges as well, but was given 17 and a half years in prison. Anderson was convicted of the same charges as Farrell and was sentenced to life in prison. Damn. For two years, Farrell held the record as the youngest inmate on death row until November of 2000, when the Florida Supreme Court reduced his sentence to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Kesey was released from prison in March, or Charity Kesey was released from prison in March of 2006, and Dana Cooper was released from prison in October of 2011. In January 2013, an appellate court dismissed attempts by Roderick Farrell and Howard Scott Anderson to get new sentencing hearings. However, in December of 2018, Howard Scott Anderson was resentenced by a circuit judge, Don Briggs, to 40 years in prison, and Anderson was given credit for the 22 years he's already served, with him being eligible for release in 2031. Ruth Windorf's relatives attended Anderson's resentencing hearing and did not oppose his early release. Speaking with the Daily Commercial, they said they are more concerned about Farrell, who was scheduled to face his own resentencing hearing in July of 2019. Farrell's resentencing hearing was then moved to November 18th and then again to April 2020. Mm. And the sentencing judge upheld his life without parole sentence and deemed him irreparably corrupt. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure that you are fucking irreparably, yeah. irreparably <laughs> corrupt if you think that you're a 500-year-old vampire who's yeah. immortal yeah. and you got a rush from murdering people. Well, get this. Heather Wendorf Kelly is her name now. Mm-hmm. She is an artist after, you know, she's got out of this scot-free. She went on to school. She went to college and art school in North Carolina here. Oh. And she sells her art. You can look her up, Heather Windorf Kelly. And it says that she lives in North Carolina and Georgia. So I don't know if she's going back between the two or what. But, bitch, she's on up here some. And she, nothing happened. Which, I mean, I know she wasn't involved with the murder of her parents. But the bitch was still running with this vampire cult. Yes. Thinking some crazy shit. And I think at 15, you just don't think about consequences. You don't. And her parents were keeping her from doing what she wanted to do. And so this was something that got way out of hand. Sure, Rod had asked her if he wanted, if she wanted him to kill her parents, but she didn't actually think he'd do it because Rod talked about killing people all the time. Because that's fucking normal. I know, right? (laughs) But then you got to think of it from a 15-year-old perspective. Yeah, Yeah, they don't understand. There, yeah. Okay. But but he's still in prison. He is still in prison. And he will be in prison for the rest of his life. Well, I think we should cheers to that. Sure, yeah. That he is going to be in prison the rest of his life. And his crazy five-year, 500-year-old vampire ass. Yes. I'm like, look, anybody, anybody that went to elementary school with Rod Farrell, you're like, bitch, you were not a 500-year-old vampire. <laughs> I remember you digging up your nose in the second grade. You know? <laughs> And our victim's family. The Windorfs, absolutely. Let's give a shout out to them. They did not deserve that. Absolutely. They did not. They were just good parents, and this bad shit happened to them. Cheers, bitches. 
a bitch. That's cherry. <laughs> All right. You know what's next? Mm. Going to fish that cherry out of there, bitch. <laughs> We do need to do we that. We are not letting you get away All with right. it. We need to we need to video that. Oh, I'm going to. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. That was great. If you guys want to see me eat that cherry, go look at our social media. She swallowed that cherry. I swallowed that whole thing. All of it. Because I'm a boss bitch. But it was nasty. Oh, <laughs> it tastes like chewing nail polish remover. <laughs> There's no cherry left in that at all. Her face said it all. So if y'all want to see my face say it all, go check out our <laughs> social media. <laughs> TikTok, Instagram, Snap, Facebook, Threads. Whatever you're into. And I do just want to give one shout out here to one of my good friends, Kit. And her father is the one that told us about this story. He actually lives in Florida. Oh, and so he gave you the idea for this story. Yeah, okay, yeah. Awesome. So just want to say thank you guys for sending that in. Are you a member of the vampire cult? He is definitely not, and neither is she. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> They're perfectly normal people. Good. <laughs> so on that note, until next time, be good, stay out of trouble, or don't get caught. Bye, bitches. We hope you keep listening and find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at Murder and Moonshine. We would love to hear from you. You can send us an email at murderandmoonshine at gmail.com.